0: Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kohansky, here recording out of Studio 1A, an Exacta corporation in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, today we have Pat Miller with Small Steps. Welcome to Local First Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me on the show. It's welcome. You know, it's, it's good to have the other radio personalities. You know, I have no background in this, but... Uh, it's always interesting to talk with individuals like yourself that do and it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of intimidating when uh, you know I'm interviewing the person that has over 20 plus years experience actually doing this.
1: Well, <laughs> it's all about having fun in a conversation. I'm retired. I'm washed up. You're I'm washed a nobody up. Oh, now. Come on. I'm behind now. the scenes now. You know that's good. So, <laughs> you know, let the listeners know a little bit about your backstory. you know, Where'd you come from and, you, and what are you doing now? Yeah. Uh, backstory is a career in radio. I spent 22 years in radio and that's uh, after getting a degree at Illinois State. So went to Illinois State, got a radio degree, and then followed the radio trail. And the way radio works is you move from small market to bigger market to bigger market if you're lucky. And uh, we move from... Uh, Bloomington Normal to Des Moines to Lincoln, Nebraska to Omaha and then here to Milwaukee and all along the way changing jobs going from an on air talent doing every day part you can imagine to a program director, which is like the brand manager for the radio station to an operations manager, which runs a bunch of program all this different kind of programming stuff and then got here to Milwaukee and then spent 10 years on uh, Capitol Drive at Radio City, which was WTMJ radio and uh, the lake and then KTI country. Why radio? I never did anything else. I was in high school and the speech teacher said, you should try radio speaking, which was the event for the speech team. So I started And in high school speech competitions. You would read little make-believe newscasts. That's how you would do it. And I just loved doing it. So I went to college for it. And the very first day I walked onto campus at Illinois State, I went to the radio station and I went there every single day for four straight years. And it just became my life. And it's just what I ended up doing. Just it's natural now. It's natural. And it's fun because it's all creative and it's all exciting. And the thing that I liked the most about it is, and it's really helped me out doing what I'm doing now, it's all about talking one-on-one with the person that's listening to you and understanding what are they trying to get out of what you're saying? How can you communicate something that they're going to latch onto and remember? Which was unbeknownst to me at the time probably the best training imaginable for what I'm doing now, which is strategic consulting to help businesses get noticed and make a difference
0: and it's so cool when you interview people i, I get so much joy out of this and hearing other people's stories mm-hmm. and being able to share that with everybody else on the other side of the, the that are, that's listening and I think that is so cool that you know I get to I get to do this yeah. And I, I tell people, you know, five years ago, if you had asked me what I was doing uh, or what I was going to do, um, I would have never guessed it was going to be this. So it's a blast. What have been some of your challenges
1: along the along your journey and in what you're doing now in that transition? Well, along the journey, the challenges. well, you never really know where you're going to end up next. You, I would get a phone call and get an interview in Philadelphia and go to my wife, Abby, and say, hey, uh, let's go to Philadelphia. Maybe we'll go there. And and you get all psyched up and you go there for the interview and then you don't get the job. And then you're right back wherever you were. Uh, so you really never knew where you were going to end up. The only deal that we had was if a great opportunity comes, we're going to go try and capture it. So we moved all over the country. So the inconsistency of where you live, that was one of the big challenges. And then the other big challenge was, you know, you might be doing Classic hits and, you know, Led Zeppelin one day and then country the next day. And and that's just kind of how the business went. That's got to be tough. It was, you know... Or do you get kind of used to that? It got to the point where as long as you focused on what the listeners wanted, you could really do almost any format, almost... You had to have someone that knew the music backwards and forwards to make sure it was authentic and done well. But from the marketing and messaging standpoint, if you knew who you you were talking to and what they wanted out of the radio station, you kind of trained yourself to work outside of your comfort zone, which, again, was great training for what I'm doing now. And you know what? What you said
0: is you had that support of
1: your family Mm -hmm. and your wife. And I think think without that, that had been a
0: really tough thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's more traveling than I did in my military life. So, I mean, (laughs) I know, I know the feeling on that. I mean, if you could go back
1: and, you know, the start of your career, you know, leading up to where you are now, what would you do differently? I don't know if I do anything differently. Honestly, um, I feel really proud of the work that I did. And I got to work with a bunch of great people along the way. I enjoyed every minute of it until the end. And I really enjoyed being on the air. I enjoyed being a brand manager. I enjoyed doing marketing and say se- I enjoyed it all. So I don't have any regrets. It's funny because when you make a career transition like I did to go from something like radio to being a consultant, you know one of the natural things that you say to yourself is, oh, man, I wish I would have done this X years ago. I don't feel that way because I'm telling you, every single experience I had in radio, it feels like there's a reason why it happened. So I don't regret a second, and I wouldn't change a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Not many people say that. Uh, I mean, there's also the idea that even if I wanted to change it, I couldn't. So, you know, whatever happened, happened. And I met a lot of great people and have a lot of great friends all around the country. So that's cool. And um, it just kind of got me ready for what I'm doing now. That's awesome. What, who's been like, you know, some of your your mentors that have stood out over time? A lot of great mentors. Um, One of the folks I still adore and love the most is my college radio advisor, Deb Lesser. I mean, I met her on the first day when I walked into the radio station 20 plus years ago. And she came to my wedding. We've been lifelong friends. I was there when her child was born, who's now grown and married. Like, we've been lifelong friends. Um, Another friend of mine, mentor of mine. Mark Halverson was a general manager of mine back in the day. And this was when my wife and I were newly married. We were away from home. We were terribly homesick. We were absolutely broke, broke, capital B-R-O-K-E, broke. And he was just the right guy at the right time that really kind of um, gave me good perspective on what I was doing. And then, you know, here in Milwaukee, my uh, boss, Tom Langmeier, was a great Mentor of mine in some really tough times for me and my family because I was wrestling with the idea of what I wanted to do with my career and he really guided me through it so that's, that's I've had awesome. great people along the way I'm very very blessed
0: yeah that sounds it really does what is one of your your funniest moments throughout your career you know whether it's on the radio off the radio oh man Let's,
1: I know that I mean there's got to be you know so many but that one that stands out that is tough you know it, <laughs> we got a chance to do so many interesting things like, you know, I had the chance to interview Weird Al in studio. And then after the interview, then you just hang out with Weird Al, the person, and he's the most average normal dude you can imagine. And it's like, it's not funny. It's just um, odd. Right? right? To like sit there and watch Weird Al check his email and return phone calls, right? Like, hey, can I go someplace quiet and talk to my manager? You're Weird Al, right? Right. <laughs> so things like that, you know, I don't know. I really don't have any knee slapper stories that come to mind right now, but it was always different every day. That's what attracted me to it. And it was always a puzzle I had to figure out, which always attracted me to it.
0: Yeah, that's nice. So you always solving problems, always being able to talk to people, get them to open up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about that transition from radio and what you were doing um,
1: to small step solutions and what you're doing to help people now. Um, You know, I probably did it exactly the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish I could look back on it. And, you know, you're supposed to be, if you're like some consultant person, you're supposed to have it all figured out and write books and do speeches and stuff. And, you know, my inspirational speech is you probably shouldn't do it the way that I did it, but I'm so glad that I did. So it was the last 18 months of my time in radio, and I wasn't enjoying it as much as I used to. And to be very, very clear, that had nothing to do with the people that were there or the stations I was at. I was burned out, and I was burning out, and I wasn't enjoying being on the radio, or not on the radio, in the radio business. I was taking it for granted. I was I, I was not happy And that's my problem, not the people's problem, because it'd be real easy to leave the stations and say bad things about them. And I would never do that because I love those people. But I was enjoying it less and less and less, and I was trying to figure out what am I going to do next. So you know how I made the decision, and this is something that you can relate to, and I'm sure a lot of the folks listening to this podcast can as well. The Brookfield Chamber helped me make my decision. So my wife, Abby, who owns Stories Frame Photography, was prominently... uh, uh, involved in the Brookfield chamber. So I started tagging along with her to Brookfield chamber events. And I started having conversations with business owners about some of the things that I did at the radio station. And they were kind of intrigued like, Oh, well, do you help people with that? Well, no, I work at the radio station. I'm helping Abby. And that happened enough where I realized, Hey, there might be a market here for what I do. So really, it was the folks at the Brookfield Chamber, which now that I'm out on my own, they have been such a great support group and such a foundation for so many of our networks. Um, they're terrific, and I adore all of them. But anyway, they helped me make the decision to go from in my mind justify making the transition from radio to being a consultant.
0: That's awesome, and you know, and I, you know, piggyback off what you said about the Brookfield Chamber, mm-hmm. and and what they've done from for me. Personally, through my network and through this podcast as well. Um, I don't think without them and their help and and connecting me with so many great people, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd be here right now. So I have to give them a lot of credit for that. You know, it's, it's, we do the work, but you got to go out there and meet the right people. And that's a good place to start.
1: Yeah. And the chamber as a whole, they look at how to help each other, which is great. So it's, it's very positive and very welcoming, and it always seems like every time I go to a chamber event, I get to meet somebody new, and you always have at least one productive conversation, like at every chamber event. Yes. So anyway, it started to build this case of there's help out there for what I wanted to do, uh, and that helped me make the decision. What are some of the
0: differences that you use or things that you uh, have within Small Step Solutions that you help people out? So maybe you know three to five things that
1: mm-hmm. you do to help these businesses. Well, everything I do is custom. I don't have any playbook that I make everyone run through, and I don't have a system. I do everything custom. And the way that I do it is I go to the business owner, and we have a conversation that is driven by them and their business challenges. So it really starts with okay, how can I best help you grow the business? Where are you struggling? So we start to have a conversation. And the things that stand out time after time, and I thought of a few that I wanted to share. Um, One of them that happens way too often is that folks are worried about the wrong thing. Because when I come into a business, most times when I come to a business, uh, they're pulling their hair out because they're so busy and they're still not getting results. One of the things I say about the business is I help people that are too busy to think, figure out what to do next, right? So when you reach that point and you're working as hard as you can in the business, but you're not making an impact... That's when it's time for someone like me, and there's a lot of great smart people in the area that can do this as well, to come in and help. And when we sit down the business owner and I start talking to them, most times they're looking for this one result and they're rapidly pulling this one lever, pulling the lever, pulling the lever. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. But the result I'm looking for isn't coming. And oftentimes they're not pulling the right lever. They're worried about the wrong thing. So my sales are down, so I have to address pricing. And then through a conversation, you figure out, well, are you calling back your key customers? No, we don't have enough people for that. Ah, you have a staffing issue. You don't have a pricing issue. So that's one of the things that through conversation and reflection that every single business owner I've ever had the fortune to work with, are inc- they're incredibly bright and they have the ability to figure these things out. But they're so busy with their head down working that they haven't stepped back to think. So that's the first thing. The other thing, and, and this is a little secret, that this is like a total secret. So, you know, if everyone listened to this and used it, I'd go out of business. So, this is a secret. The secret is if every business owner worried about their product benefits and not their product features and their business benefit and their business instead of their business features, I wouldn't have a business. And you can look at far too many websites, social media accounts, uh, advertising, uh, anything. And find people talking about the experience of their team or how nice their building is or how many years they've been around or all the stuff about them and what they do. The newsflash is nobody Nobody cares. cares. And that's one thing that I saw
0: when I started looking at what you're doing is that you're trying to get these business owners to tell their story. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so key because I've been, for myself, over the last several years, have gotten away from what you were saying to how do I tell that story? Of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, of what you're doing, Pat, or what, you know, I'm doing and how I'm doing it versus this is X, this is Y, this is Z. And right. Like you said, no one cares. About Nobody that cares. And about
1: that. No. And, and the phrase that I use every single day, all the time, and anyone that's listening to this, that's one of my clients will go, yes, I know you tell me that, is what's in it for me. That's it. If I had a tattoo, it would say, What's in it for me? Because if you start every marketing decision or every branding decision or every strategy decision with, What's in it for my customers? Why would they care? Nine times out of 10, you're not going to fail. But if you start with, How am I going to do it? And what about my team? And what about my profit? Those are things that are just going to set you up for failure. So, those are a few of the things that I use when I get together with people. And it's really a series of asking good questions and helping them build better answers. And that that sounds cheesy, but it's really what I do. And it's custom to every single person I work with. Uh, And it's the most exciting thing. I've never been happier in my life. Eight years old, 18 years old, 38 years old. I've never been happier than I am right now because every single day I get to sit down with a business owner and help them fix a problem that's bothering them. And it's just like Christmas every day. I just absolutely love it.
0: Now, do the, do these business owners have to be local or you have a system, I think it's called a Stream Engine that mm-hmm. you can connect with people as well, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I work with people locally, but I also work with people virtually on the, the Stream Engine platform. So Zoom video conference or whatever their favorite platform is, because the one thing that I do is just I help people think and come up with ideas. We don't have to be technically in the same room to do that. I just need a business owner that can turn off their cell phone And step out of their comfort zone and ask themselves sometimes the questions that they're avoiding asking themselves because they kind of know that something's not right intuitively. Most business owners know when something's not right and they have to ask themselves those questions. Um, so they can find new answers and new ways of doing things that's
0: awesome. I really like that the way your approach is to that is to basically interviewing people to you know find out what the problems are and issues and mm-hmm. one key thing that you mentioned on there as well is that the business op- open or the business owner has to have that open mind to be able to be almost coachable to ha- take in these ideas and and apply them
1: yeah that's part of it absolutely you have to have them think about what's the result that they're going for? And if they're thinking about the result that they want and they're thinking about it through the lens of their customer's benefit, that helps. But the other thing that I do is some people say, oh, you're a coach. I'm not a coach. I'm a consultant, which means we'll come up with the idea and then I'll help you implement it. I'm not going to come up with the idea and then wish you luck and slap you on the back. So me and my team, we're going to help you figure that thing out. And that's the difference between being a consultant and being a coach, and there's a place in the world for coaches. Some of them that I know, Todd and others, are incredibly talented right. people that serve a great purpose to help people get the nudge and the outside perspective that they need. I'm doing something different, which is fine, um, and I'm, I'm. It's just great. I'm absolutely loving it. If you could go back in time and you, you know when you thought, hey, I'm
0: really making a difference you know, in someone's life, whether, you know, been on radio or now and
1: with a small step solutions, you know, what would it be? I've had the chance to do a lot of great charitable work over the years, especially in the radio business, uh, helping fill 747s full of veterans in a partnership with stars and stripes honor flight or Phil Miller park for their, uh, their movie that they showed on the big screen. Um, I sat on the roof for JDRF and did Roof Camp to Cure way, way, way long time ago with my dear friend, Gina or Jenna, rather, Gina, Gina, of course <laughs> it's Jenna, uh, a long time ago. Um, so I've been able to do a lot of neat stuff like that. And then you also help people in this life. Now that I'm doing consulting work, you help someone like Sarah Nowacki start her business from scratch and ha- help her build her vision, which is really exciting. So it's been, it's been I'm very fortunate. And if, if
0: you guys want to hear Sarah's story, um, just go on the episodes page and s- search for her and what she does with autism and kids. And that is just phenomenal. Yeah. So take a look. She has a really cool story. She's helping out a lot of great people. What are some of the day-to-day practices
1: that help you with your success and happiness? Success and happiness. Well, I procrastinate way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Right? We all do that, right? And what's funny is I spend a lot of time work, like being very mindful of when I'm in an operational mode or when I'm in a creative space. And now that I run my own shop, that has to be both. So part of the day, I have to take time and bill people or you know, do taxes or banking stuff or marketing stuff that very operational. And then there are other times of the day that I have to do something completely different, which is just get a notepad and a cup of coffee and come up with an idea out of thin air. To me... And maybe I'm broken, but I can't. I just can't switch back and forth between the two. And there are days when it's like I feel it and I'm going to solve the world's problems. And then there's days when I don't feel it whatsoever and I'm just going to do all the operational junk. And switching between those two things is really tough. So I try and be really mindful of where I'm at and what I'm ready to do that day because my clients deserve the best thing I can give them. So I really try and be mindful of my energy. Um, I try and not eat like garbage and work out a lot because I feel like when people give me their money, I need to be at my best so I can deliver for them because it's not good enough just to have them sign the contract and get paid. Like I feel an obligation to help them own, run the business as if I owned the business. And that's the value proposition I try and give people. So I'm not alone
0: with that creative versus operational side of it. Cause when you said I was like, I was like, I felt like I was looking in a mirror and going, Oh Okay. that's. <laughs> I'm not the only one. And you can feel that. Yes. Right? Oh, when it's no time doubt.
1: to be creative and you're not in the mood to be creative, it's like marching uphill. Yeah. And when you're feeling it, it's like you're Jackson Pollock. You're painting like crazy. You just, And nothing can stop you. Right. Right? And now that I sell ideas for a living and I, I come up with solutions for people, I, you know, it's almost like, are you with me today, Muse? Like, am I ready to work today or not? So, yeah, that's one of the things I've learned. and some of the ways I try and address it. What advice would you give to
0: someone that's you know, younger or just
1: getting started
0: out, whether it be in the consulting field or you know in a new business altogether?
1: Um, my advice for people is that life is too short. If at this moment, right now, no matter what you're doing, working for a car dealer or running your own shop or working in a big building downtown someplace, if you're not loving it, if you're not happy, Life is too short to continue doing that. There's something in your heart. There's something in everybody's heart that they're supposed to be doing with their life. By the end of this podcast, you need to make the decision to spend your life doing that thing. And earlier I said, I don't regret not doing this sooner. And I don't, but I sure wish I was this happy that long ago, because this is, I'm telling you, I'm absolutely, I feel like I'm on my right space And what I wish for everyone that I meet is that they're doing the same thing, no matter what it is. And if it's running the business they're doing, great, run it like crazy. If it's hosting a podcast show, great, host it like crazy. But if you're not in your space, life is too short to wait. And the other thing as an addition to that is if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, no matter what happens in that space is not going to save you a promotion's not going to save you, a raise isn't going to save you, transferring to another city isn't going to save you, nothing's going to save you. You have to be the one that affects your own life and start now because tomorrow's too late, honestly. That's what I feel like I learned through all this. And you know, I sound completely hippy-dippy and I can't believe I'm talking like this, but I absolutely believe it to be true because I just am so much happier now than I used to be. You're right on
0: point. You're right on point because I know too many people that are in that situation, and I know you're listening. Make that change, and and let us know what that change is and why why you're going to do
1: it. Let me tell you, if I may, go for it. When I left the radio station, here's the way you're supposed to leave your job and go become a consultant. Have a bunch of money saved up, so if you don't have any business for a while, you're okay. Take some of the people that you're working with now and convert them into your customers. So, hey, customer that I work with on a daily basis, I'm going to go solo. Would you work with me? Yeah, I would. Great. So when you leave, you have a client base? I didn't have money saved up. I didn't have a client base. I didn't have an office. I didn't have a logo. I didn't have a contract. I didn't have have anything. But I knew this is what I was supposed to do. And I got lucky that I had some early believers that wanted to work with me. So I got lucky. So don't do it like I did, but do it immediately, if not sooner. There you go. I.
0: I'm, I'm right there with you. What's got you? What's got you fired up about the future? Um,
1: fired up about the future. That's an excellent question. First of all, um, I'm fired up about the future because I love the people that I'm working with on a daily basis, and I love the community of business owners and entrepreneurs and executives in this area. We touched on the Brookfield Chamber before, but Local First is also a terrific organization yes, that I'm a are. member of. Um, Uh, we've built a community around um, the business called the Brand Crafted Facebook group where entrepreneurs and and executives and business owners can get together and talk about strategy and marketing. And if you're on Facebook, uh, it's a private group. So just go to Facebook groups. Brand Crafted is the name of the group. We'd love to have you be a member. Um, So we've got a great little community that's forming there. uh, And the people that I get to work with, my clients right now, are fantastic like they they're running these fascinating businesses that they're starting or or refining or building and it's 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 exhilarating it's exciting and I don't know who I'm going to be working with in August the people that I'm working with hopefully and some other new people are going to come into my life and we'll work on their problems so like it's just the arrows pointed up and the sky is blue man I'm so excited it is. I
0: can tell you can't. You
1: can't see. You can't see that smile.
0: But I, I, I can. I can. And that's really cool. So, how do the listeners get in contact with you, Pat? You know, and what's the best way? You know, what what regardless of what it is, I'll
1: make sure and put it in the show notes. Sure. Well, all of that tangible stuff can be in the show notes, which I really appreciate. Yep. So, website and all that, email and that kind of stuff. But one thing I try and do is I try and have different ways that people can get some help at no cost, no cost. So one thing I do is we do one-on-ones, uh, phone calls or coffees, whatever works for you. Uh, but I also run a thing called, um, the breakthrough breakfast, which is a, uh, every other week, Kind of brainstorming event with three different business owners in a room, and it's now partnered with the Brookfield Chamber, which is really exciting. So uh, every other week at the Brookfield Chamber office, we bring three business owners together, and I facilitate a brainstorm just for those three, and those three get to work together to solve each other's problems. And it turns out to be a great way that someone can get some ideas and something that's sticking uh, and move forward. So the free one-on-ones, the breakthrough breakfast, uh, the brand crafted event that's coming up. So the brand crafted marketing group has been started on Facebook, and now I'm doing live events. So there's a live event coming up on April 11th at Westallian Brewery in West Dallas, And that event is a panel of three people who are just light years smarter than I'll ever be, talking about turning customers into a community. So I've got Tyler Sullivan, who owns Badger CrossFit, a great community of athletes, uh, Karen Rolke, who's a VP of public relations for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight, and Steve Peel, who runs Authentic CX, who used to be at Harley-Davidson in his previous life. He's the guy that started the Hog Harley Owners Group. So these people know how to talk to people and turn them into a community that cares about brands. So tickets for that event are on the website that we'll put in the show notes. And what's uh, the, what's the date on that again? April 11th. And it's great because you just show up and have a beer and network with people. And then there's like a 60 minute conversation where I interview the folks and we talk about the panel. Um, and then after that we hang out and get to know each other. So it's kind of a networking, uh, learn some stuff and I just couldn't be more excited for the panel. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Thanks. That's awesome. So we're going to get into some rapid fire questions.
0: from Pat. So we're going to do that. Um, So before we do that, you get to ask me one question, any question that you want, and I will do my best to answer. A
1: question for you. Who's the perfect listener for this show? Who are you talking you know, to? And you asked me this before when we did a one-on-one. <laughs> and you should have known it was coming. I, I
0: knew it. You know. You know. And this is you know this is why you got to sit down and do a one-on-one with Pat. Um, and I say that very sincerely because after that one-on-one, you had you know at that time my creative mind was just going off the chart. And I was just like, you know, who is that perfect listener? Who is that? And, you know, sometimes it depends on the guest of the week. Mm-hmm. But that perfect listener really wants to learn more about their community and the business owners and entrepreneurs that are here locally that you can go to mm-hmm. and that want to get to know them prior to do business with them. And I'm starting to get these stories that are coming in from past guests that are going, someone listened to my podcast that connected me with this person, this person, and now we're doing business. Mm-hmm. And that is like, that. Just that's the best right there. And I'm starting to get these stories, and that's what this is about. And making those connections within our
1: community, because there's so much good people out there that are doing business. So you're kind of like the biographer of local business.
0: Yeah, kind of like the biographer, you know, getting their stories out, you know, and telling them about that. It's great that, you know, I didn't want to put together an infomercial and that was never my intention, but to get to know that person's Mm -hmm. journey to get to where they're doing you know, with small step solutions. You know, how did this guy come from 25 years or so of broadcasting in radio to now he's a consultant? Mm-hmm. You know, Mike with uh, Nut and Bud Cakes. Of course. Now I didn't know this until he came on the show, but he was a pilot. Hmm. And I'm just like, really, you're a pilot now. You're selling bun cakes down the block, you know. So <laughs> those type of stories and that builds affinity with the listeners. Yeah. to go out there and actually, you know, do business with other people.
1: Yeah, I have a follow up question. Go for it. What does success look like?
0: What is success like? Well, it, what area of life? I mean, uh, for the show, in for, particular. For the show, yeah. You know, that's really cool question because you know when this started in July of 2018. Um, I really, you know, kind of like you, I just jumped in, didn't know where it was going and what it was going to do. But since then, um to have the people that want to be on the show mm-hmm. is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, interviewing individuals like yourself that have all that experience to Olympic athletes, to the Milwaukee Bucks, to community leaders, to nonprofits, to me, that success and going forward in this, and 2019 is helping businesses create their brand using podcasts and getting their story out. So that's really exciting for me to be able to use what I've learned and now teach other people how to use it or help them get that point across in their own voice.
1: One of the things that you said early on, and I've seen you live it out, which I think is really cool, is once a podcast is created, it's marketing you can't buy. It's marketing to share your story with your best customers. And I don't know you used to have a radio job. You know, that's that's valuable because you can't just go on and record yourself, right? So this is a great way to tell my story and and expose the backstory of businesses. So the idea of hosting podcasts and building podcasts for brands – Man, that's great. I love that idea. Hey, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I'm glad that you mentioned that out there. So for anybody
0: else that's been a guest on this show, and if you're not repurposing your podcast or any other content mm-hmm. that you're using, video written, and it's good, you've got to repurpose it over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. like your commercial, your story. So that's something that you really got to do. I appreciate you for bringing that hey, up. My pleasure. All yeah, right, Okay. So it's my turn. Uh, one of my favorite questions is, if you could give a TED Talk outside of your expertise, what would it be?
1: A TED talk outside of my expertise, outside of what I do,
0: right? Well, outside of radio, outside of consulting. Wow, uh, I, I haven't heard Pat this this
1: silent, and I don't think ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd probably give a TED talk on. Music that matters. I'd probably do a TED talk on music from nineteen sixty to two thousand that I adore and, and what stands out and what matters and and how to put together a playlist and all that kind of stuff. Because that's my favorite thing. So the happiest I've ever been in the radio space, and one of the things that if I could have any radio job again, I hosted an all request retro show. My buddy Todd and I hosted the WBNQ party in Bloomington Normal. And this was 1997, okay? Way before Spotify, way before on demand audio of any kind. So we did this five hour swinging from the chandeliers, no holds barred, out of control request show. And it was so much fun. I, I can't even tell you how much fun it was, but we would play literally everything. So yeah, that would be my TED Talk. It's there probably doing some that, music. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So yeah.
0: here's here's another one. What purchase of $100 or less has the most positively impact on your life in the last six months or to a year? $100
1: or less. It's kind of embarrassing to say, but it's probably the Call of Duty video game, which I enjoy playing (laughs) way more often than I should admit in a public setting. Uh, But yeah, I'm that guy that's a middle-aged dude that likes to go in the basement and play video games at night. And Call of Duty, that's my jam, man. Yeah, it's nothing wrong with that. We'll, We'll finish up with this one. And then one other question,
0: if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere, what would it say? Life's too short. Life's too short. There you go. You've already you said that once or twice already, so go for it.
1: Any last request or any last parting words for the audience today? Well, first to you, congratulations on what you've built. Uh, it's really unique, and I hope it continues to grow. Uh, and for the audience, what I would say is that you know when you feel overwhelmed and you really don't know what to do next... I would love I'd be honored, in fact, just to have a conversation to help you sort things out. I've had so many conversations since I started a little bit under a year ago that didn't end up being a consulting gig and it didn't end up being money. that's fine. You know what? if If a partnership is meant to be, it'll happen when it happens. You know, i I don't want to be the person that's tapping his watch and not willing to give someone some information that'll help ease their pain or point them in the right direction. So if you're struggling and you want a helping hand, Let's get in touch and have a cup of coffee and talk because, you know, I feel like I've been helped along the way and I can help other people too.
0: That's awesome, Pat. I thank you so much for being on Local First Podcast. Um, It's been a pleasure learning more about your story and and what you do and how you're helping people. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys. Now, uh, as always, we carry this conversation online through social media or LinkedIn. Uh, Make sure you look at uh, smallstepsolutions.com. Have you, is that, did I say that correct? It's smallstep.com small, small no step. vowels. So okay. it's
1: smllst Okay, there you com. go.
0: That's why I ask sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, let's carry this on, you know, and he's got some awesome groups and awesome events coming up. So uh, make sure that you attend them and reach out to Pat for some more information. Thank you so much. Hey, my pleasure. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find me by searching Local First Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Also, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave some comments. You also have the opportunity to request to have a guest or topic for Local First Podcast. For any of the books or resources talked about on these episodes, head over to localfirstpodcast.com. Click on the resources tab. I also want to thank Corp for Studio One. Until next time, it's your host, Rob Kohansky.